0: Welcome to the Happy Place podcast. I'm Rina, your host. I'm a shibari artist, tantric body worker, former dominatrix, and extreme sports athlete. I guide people to their core, creating safe spaces for healing and self-discovery. Since childhood, I've challenged societal norms. Through extreme sports, tantra, unconventional sexuality, and psychedelics, I've discovered profound truths. This podcast is for seekers like me, exploring meaning and spiritual illumination in the midst of life's intensity. Get ready to be inspired, amazed, and transformed as we unravel the mysteries of the happy place. Oh, Welcome, welcome to this show. We have a special guest today and a very juicy topic. I had a lot of followers asking me about the subject, the subject of being a dominatrix. How do you become a dominatrix? Why do you become a dominatrix? And uh, how do you transition from that into healing, into psychology? And then Shibari, what is shibari and why shibari is a special niche in this world of power exchange domination kink so today i would love to invite my very fresh guest someone who looks into this world with a very fresh eyes as she's just starting she's taking my mentorship program to become a professional dominatrix which is a broad statement for many different paths that she can take from there she can become a shibari artist she can uh, take this knowledge and come Combine it with her coaching programs. There are so many possibilities, but let's ask her directly. So we have Vesta Flame joining us today. Hello, Vesta. Thanks for coming over. Hello. Hi, Rima. And please share it with me. Yes, thank you for coming. That's so amazing. You are having a lot of fresh impressions uh, lately because we've been training in New York City this week. It's been a very intensive one. We've been doing um, a lot of things, <laughs> but I will pass it right to you so you can share. The most important question is, uh, how did you decide that you want to embark on a path of becoming a dominatrix? And what's your general background on that? Do you have any um, practices already connected to this? Uh, how is your life uh, outside of this training? Who are you?
1: <laughs> well, I think the the general answer would be that my entire life, stemming from when I was a child, I was always fearful of my power of stepping into my feminine power because of my upbringing. You know, growing up in a household where my mother needed to be at the top and no one could be on the same level of her. In order to be loved, to be seen, to be witnessed by her, I needed to minimize myself, shrink myself, bow my head down. It was almost as if she was a lifestyle dom without even really realizing that. And so, I think, I, as a as a woman, as a a young girl, and, and and growing into a woman, I. I just felt so disconnected from my feminine essence, even though on the externally I looked very feminine. I just felt like there were so many disparate parts of me, of be wanting to be whole, wanting to feel the sort of the archetype of the mother, the nurturing, you know, uh, maternal presence while also wanting to explore that dark, shadowy, kinky femme fatale. And so I've lived my life, had my relationships, my intimate relationships, being either or. It was never aligned. There was never, you know, and I think when you live a life where it feels like you have to choose between two very disparate parts of yourself you start feeling like disconnected. And that's exactly how I felt. Like, who the fuck am I, (laughs) right? So feeling lost, feeling disempowered, uh, disembodied. I knew that I wanted to find healing of first with my family and the trauma that I went through. But I also had psychiatrists, I have a therapist, I've tried plant medicines, I've tried it all. So I thought, okay, let's go with a life coach. But I don't want just any life coach. I want someone who's going to push me to the edge, push me, really align my physical, my mental, my emotional and my spiritual bodies. And when I happened across your your website, I was something inside of me, something in my heart just I felt I was radiating. And when I wrote the letter to you to, to, you know, for your mentorship, I, I wrote for three hours in a flow, never stopped. And it just was the first time I was able to be so fucking honest, even with my therapist. Sometimes I catch myself because I think, okay, she's totally going to judge me. (laughs) But I just felt fearless even before I Met you, I just was like I feel fear, completely fearless and and able to be vulnerable with this complete stranger that I haven't even met yet. So that is yeah, that's how I found you, and that's how I, um, I guess how my curiosity in this lifestyle and and uh, the path embarking upon along this path of of releasing the guilt and the shame surrounding my empowerment in my feminine essence.
0: Yeah. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Releasing guilt and shame. And here you are speaking on a podcast, which is really <laughs> vulnerable. I can imagine as you're speaking in front of whatever, or how many people are listening to you an mm-hmm. hour later. So it's really. Courageous, so thank you for sharing all of this. And I'm so curious to hear how it went from the start because we started by you (laughs) being on the receiving side of things. Which is actually like, let me give a little background to my listener, it's a very classic way. I didn't come up with this myself, it's been quite an old fashioned way of learning. So, first to be on the receiving side because this brings compassion to an an understanding what it feels like to be dominated. to be submissive, to surrender to someone, to trust someone, to have someone else um, be in charge and deliver pain or pleasure. If Some listeners don't know the history. My history is that I became a dominatrix in New York City about um, 13, 14 years ago. Actually, it's been a really long path for me. And I was 23 years old. I came to New York City to start a new life because my traditional office life in Washington DC area, sitting in financial work office cubicle didn't really work so well for me. And I wanted to do something really wild. And then I just came to be a dome in a dungeon in Manhattan. And I've heard like, it wasn't exactly emphasized by the dungeon where I worked, but I've heard this was a very classic traditional path for someone to become a dome. You need to feel what it's like to be on the other side, uh, what it's like to feel Feel that submission to go into surrender, to go into subspace yourself, because from that place it's a lot easier to start learning the drills of becoming a dome yourself. So what was it like for you to start by mm. receiving?
1: So for the first evening, uh receiving the Shibari experience. It was my first time ever being physically restrained um and so that that moment where I was physically restrained but knowing full well that I was safe in your presence and I was I felt very held and it just it felt nurturing and it was again that sense of healing for me as you played the instruments and and you know all the other sensations and your voice reminding me to breathe to connect again with the thing that we have with us always forget all the other tools it was just a simple hearing of your voice and uh I think yeah that was that was it was a it was a great start for me because if I had started with the Uh, receiving as a submissive in the BDSM sense I think it would have been a little bit too harsh so for me personally I love the the soft nurturing approach I mean I literally just met you two hours before that so (laughs) it was a yeah it was a nice nice transition into what we were embarking upon and then the next day the next evening when we did the classical or I received the classical uh a doming session, I had no idea how empowering being a submissive could be for some reason. And I think this is goes back to my upbringing where I just felt like if you're a submissive, you're a quote unquote bitch, like you're just nothing. You're, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, I viewed it from the lens through the lens of just again, disempowerment But this was the first time where I felt like I held the power, even though you were the one that was dominating me, I still very much, it was my needs serving your desires, but ultimately my needs. So that to me was for someone who has always been afraid to express boundaries, desires, and needs that felt so empowering. So it was, it was incredible.
0: Yes, it's you making choice to surrender and you knowing that any moment you can revoke this agreement right? and you can change something, you can shift things. And also that I'm ultimately not doing it with any of my selfish agenda to make myself more powerful by humiliating you. It was a lot of listening to your body, to where you're at, to kind of tune in, to go deeper into... Um, into that dance that we are together in it it's not me versus you it's a lot about creating a beautiful dance using intuition Mm -hmm. as a tool to accessing creativity of that play and then in this creativity we become part of a living art just exploring it really together so i feel like the key word here is Togetherness, not having incongruent desires of needing to gain and prove something, but instead like merging the intention and diving in this play really together as a team. So that might be quite a difference from. From something that many people experienced as submission, maybe as children, where they felt like the world is against them and they just have to submit to that and become small in order to be safe. It's quite a big difference when you are going for empowered submission, when you are surrendering in order to claim your power and courage, right, to trust, to be vulnerable, to expose yourself, to connect with another. Uh, This vulnerability becomes a tool of intimacy, ultimately. So thank you so much for your trust and your courage to go into those places. And um, understand on your own skin what it feels like. So this can give you an inspiration to do to others. Definitely receiving surrender from me, like the experiences when I went for um, for surrender, like in Shibari journeys, when I was on the receiving side, definitely, definitely inspired me so much to keep on giving to others because that gave me that aha moment. Like, yeah, that's how it feels. Oh my God, if I can commit my life to giving similar journeys to others, my mission, my sole purpose will be complete. That's what I want. Like when you really get satisfaction from receiving, you feel so inspired to take it further and share it with um, other people. So how did it feel for you to start practicing with volunteers? Like our next step was practicing with friends, someone who is not a paying client, someone who is just there as a practice bunny, but at the same time with a lot of consent, care, and respect, of course. And and then going further into the next step of actually being assistant when I am working with the clients so can you share a bit more of your journey into really getting in in the archetype of a dom of a top of a guide or a leader in this space
1: yeah so with the assistants oh my god I mean I was so nervous (laughs) even now bringing myself back to that evening I was so so nervous because I really felt like Again, I still had that idea, that limiting belief that uh, who is, who am I? How can I step into this power? And, and, you know, the imposter syndrome was really kicking in and you could feel it. My volunteers could feel it, but because they were friends and, you know, people we knew in the scene, they were such, they were great. Even though I was the one that was tying them up or 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 doming them, it was still very much they were guiding me uh, as a submissive, as a as a rope bunny, and um, yeah, just I think for the volunteers, I was very nervous. I couldn't. I was so much in my head, couldn't get out of it, and I think it was. Um, I don't know why. I think it was because of that shame that I still felt because it was it was a friend. I considered them a friend. And it was, again, tapping into the disparate parts of myself. Like, how can I be a friend while also beating them up? <laughs> so I think I was trying to reconcile that while also trying to learn all of these knots while also like so much going on. Yeah. And then transitioning to assisting you with your your clients on the ride there, I was actually, again, I still had that same sense of um, that same programming that, who are you? Why are you here? You can't do this. All of those preconditioned beliefs. And there was one thing that you said to me in the car that really changed the outcome and how, how, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling right now. And when I expressed to you on our way there that I feel like I could never be this empowered, strong, feminine being, because if I have the same level of power as my mother, I will lose her love. I will be motherless. I will be completely isolated. And alone and that is the worst feeling no one no human being wants to be alone we're, we're social creatures especially from family and you said to me something along the lines of another that is your perception but view it from the perception of if you and your mother were on the same level and you were just as empowered as she is That means that you were one. You and her are merged. And if you are one, then that's that's love. That's I mean, to me, that's that's tantric practice. That's you know, it was uh, And I remember after you said that to me, I just I fell silenced because that was all I was thinking about from the moment you said it until we arrived at the, the location. And I just had this, I could feel this fire growing in my, in my gut.
0: Mm, in yeah, my oneness gut. is the ultimate love. Oh my God, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> so I will never forget that for till the day I die. I will never forget that. So thank you. You, Yeah, you have no idea what that meant for me. Wow.
0: Well, thank you for sharing It's like insights and most important revelations that can come. So spontaneously and unexpectedly, and yet you've been building up for that because this moment of being first really like timid, holding yourself back, like trying to reconcile this division of like being a friend and a good person. And then someone who like punishes, humiliates, tortures, and then finally coming to this first client of ours. And as I watch you really like uninhibited expression of being a dome. Of course, within your (laughs) means of expressing yourself that you obviously cannot know everything technically so perfect, but you had so much creativity and so much this daring energy and uh, he felt your power. We had a beautiful client who received... Um, a session from us and he was really great example of surrender and he was just willing to give himself up completely for us and he was in bliss His that expression on his face of just pure relaxation and joy as he described later of giving up control of all this time that he's usually a boss and just needs to hold his life together so strongly like head of the household the boss really classic archetype of a client seeing a dome but needing that outlet needing this opportunity for that feminine energy to just devour him take him use him and he's just giving himself up deeper and deeper like expanding himself like understanding how much he's capable of taking from us and of course we were taking care of him watching his nervousness of a system response when you can show whatever we're doing to him is safe and he's still there with us he's still able to connect and communicate with us and he gave us incredible feedback i just had such an amazing time like watching you and us together flowing in this interaction we were doing all kinds of things with him like some discipline training and role play it was a halloween night of course we had this indoctrination role play like of us like having this ritual of making him submit to us and, and then um, afterwards going for some shibari play and uh, suspending him. Like that was my part that I took over towards the end of suspension and then playing with sensation and his body while he was suspended. So can you share your take from that experience and like how it's impacted you?
1: The best way I can, I guess, sum it all up because there's so it's it, it's almost, it almost makes me speechless, this experience, but the best way I could sum it up is I feel high from the wholeness. (laughs) And I think it adds to, you know, what you had mentioned about this client, he needs to be a certain way. He has a social mask on and he cannot, even, even if he sees a therapist or psychiatrist, or even his own, his friends, his family he needs to have a certain mask and i truly felt like with us he just completely that mask was just shattered <laughs> and he felt so safe and again i because i experienced what it what it feels to receive to be a submissive for you it i know what that empowerment feels like i know what that you know to 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 be completely naked in every way <laughs> and to be held, to be supported in whichever way you feel most held and supported. And um, yeah, I I think that the takeaway was, I I came into this thinking, again, that assumption that if you are a bottom or submissive then you're disempowered and there's no, you know, you're a little (laughs) D-I-T-C-H which is not the case because in the scene and the flow that we were, the synergy that we had with each other and with this client, it felt like we were creating art. He looked so beautiful, just being completely vulnerable, completely surrendered to us. And in turn, that just made me feel even more grounded, more presence, more sure of myself, my abilities, my power. And my growth. Yeah. Wow.
0: Beautifully (laughs) described. And coming back to your original uh, intention to uh, embark on a path of psychology and healing, like how Mm -hmm. does this feel to you now, what you explored as a top, as a Dom, in connection to more like traditional paths of psychology, therapy, healing?
1: How does it feel? How do I feel now? I I feel so before this this mentorship I was very lost. I was I am in a, another field, and I want to transition into. I actually was thinking about going into becoming a therapist, and there was a part of me, something inside my again a feeling in my gut felt like I want to help people. I want to guide others to tap into their shadows and and instead of being in denial or shameful of them but rather just to face them and to give them a hug give your shadows a hug and let them become mm. integrated and, and again that being high on wholeness true wholeness mm. wow
0: and- high on wholeness I <laughs> love how you said that that might be the title of this book. <laughs> Uh, right
1: because mm. you're you're now merging every, all the parts of yourself and all of the endorphins and all of the, the just coursing through it's literal high on wholeness um so now I, I i at least for this moment in time i don't think i'm going to go the traditional route i don't even can't is that even possible to be a, ther- a licensed therapist and also beat your clients up <laughs> If they want to be beat up, of course. But um, I, I, I just feel more, more sh- assured. I feel more grounded. I feel there is a certainty and an empowerment on this path of spirituality and BDSM and just aligning the two together.
0: Mm. Yeah. And do you have already some? idea how will it look like for you in the future going forward mm-hmm.
1: it's i do believe that it's still a bit too early to to know what the full I, there's still so much technical there's so many technical things within both shabari and The BDSM world that I'd like to learn so I can't say that I but I I do know that I want that blending of the two it's not being too spiritual and only focusing on light and love but also not going to the quote-unquote dark side and only focusing on the the shadows Mm -hmm. and the subconscious but really dancing between the two And just, and creating a tapestry, creating arts with those parts of ourselves. And it goes back to me as a young girl, just feeling again, that separation of having to choose, am I a good girl or am I a naughty vixen whore, so to speak, right? That was my limiting belief and I can be both. We can be both.
0: Wow. Amazing. I can see how many women can relate to that, this duality of being good girl and being so either being super feminine or being very spiritual, doing everything from your heart, smiling or being like a whore and a dumb and like nasty bitch, like all these kind of things. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I totally get it. I was raised to be a, a good girl big time. That's how we survive being just nice and compliant and shy, like they're definitely a huge conditioning of my childhood. And then finally coming to the US and exploring that archetype towards its... Uh, annihilation, like meaning like it was moment that I realized I just can't, it's like the world uses me as a doormat if I'm always good and nice and trying to please everyone. At the end, nobody likes me. Like that was the total conclusion. Like I really pushed that um, archetype towards like total completion. It was a clear sense that nobody served by me being just shy and agreeing with everything and just trying to please everyone. And I'm never respected when I'm like that on, like, might be a very superficial initial respect, but then I'm just being used uh, for everyone's like needs and nobody cares about mine and then I went in the opposite extreme when I became a dom like okay this doesn't work I'm still got fired from my office jobs for trying to be too nice and I also got fired from my uh, cocktail waitress jobs because I was also just trying so hard to be nice to everyone and then like just just didn't click didn't flow. And, and then finally like, okay, well, the good girl didn't work well. Let's try something different. And then my resentment at that time, that frustration already built up so strongly that I just couldn't wait to go on the opposite. Like pendulum had to swing in another direction. And then as I got an opportunity to try myself as being a BDSM top, like, okay, now I can give it a go to that bad side of me. Now I can tell others what to do for my pleasure. And I went really far in that side. I became quite a sadist over the years of being a dom. Like I was quite famous for my ball busting videos. A lot of people knowing me now cannot imagine that's that's been my path. I took it quite far, but that was a very dark path at the end because I was it was lacking any intentionality and Spirituality or knowledge in psychology. And basically, me and my clients were driven into addiction of each other, the addiction of those endorphins or power or codependency on one another. But we were taken further and further into this very unhealthy realms of needing more of each other. They would need more torture from me. I would need more praise from them. And it was a very like um, dysfunctional cycle. So I definitely explore that niceness without a stronger root of being centered in myself and then the other side the darkness the bad girl kind of archetype without being rooted in my truth. And that was the, getting rooted in my truth was the only way out so of this uh, negative cycle, like seeing that both polarities don't surf and when they're practiced on their own. And now you summarize it exactly that way of being able to be more conscious about the lights and the dark and really making wholeness out of it, because once they are not whole, once they're... Um, once they're separated from one another and from just the awareness, the consciousness of wisdom, right, maturity, being centered, being strong in yourself, having some firm ground underneath yourself and yeah, your boundaries, the foundations of knowing who you are and your needs and desires. And also from that place of knowing who you are, that deep love and compassion for others. Um, Yeah, because many doms, they start this work not from a place of love towards themselves and others. They're kind of having some unconscious revenge for something that happened to them while in the past. I can definitely see that. So um, this is why I'm so passionate these days after walking this long path of coming to my truth and implementing everything I've learned in my career. Like I really want to share uh, with others and make their path more. Um, guided, more supported, more soft and kind, because my path to become where I am right now was definitely a bumpy ride, as I was figuring all of that on my own. And it was long and painful and difficult path where I gave up many times and then tried to stand up again and again. And that's why it's so amazing to watch you're getting so much wisdom and really being already having this beautiful direction, looking forward into the future, like in the first days of just starting this path of (laughs) power exchange, Dom, Shibari. And um, I'm so happy to uh, guide you in this direction. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing everything you shared here to the audience. I can say how many women are really curious about learning this how to integrate this good girl and bad girl into that wholeness through the path of becoming a, a dom or shibari healer or tantric bdsm guide you will learn you will choose later how to title yourself and also just giving a little background information to others that becoming a dominatrix doesn't mean you need to be a traditional classic mistress in the leather and whip these days the world is a lot bigger so you can choose a lot of creative options in the field of erotic leadership i love the name erotic leadership because that really encompasses a lot of different directions that you can take in a path of becoming a top or guide or a leader in a space of vulnerability eroticism fantasy world fetishes and sexuality so you will choose for yourself the name that resonates uh, for you for me the shibari healer or a guide or a uh, vulnerability guides a vulnerability coach feels the best but you will see for mm-hmm. yourself in the future it might be too early to decide right now but I love your intentionality behind what you're doing and I'm sure the path will unfold in front of you in the most beautiful way
1: ah. thank you yes many, thank you many for- eternal thanks
0: Mm, Yes. And um, yeah, for the audience, if you have any questions for us, any sharings, any comments. If this podcast, this show really clicked for you, please, please leave us some comments. Uh, send us a message in show notes. I'm going to put all the information of how you can find me, how you can find Vesta Flame. And um, if you leave a five-star and beautiful review for us, it will be super appreciated as this is my new endeavor, this podcast. Um, so any feedback is greatly Greatly appreciate it and wishing you a beautiful day in your path of exploring your wholeness. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye.